4: course
0: our best smartphone deals your choice of plan learn how to get the new samsung galaxy s24 plus with galaxy ai on us with eligible trade-in at&t connecting changes everything
2: offers vary by device subject to change s24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time terms and restrictions apply see att.com slash samsung for details
0: hey everybody this is john middlecoff from three and out with john middlecoff superchargers headlights and
1: more Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions
0: apply. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. August 26th, straight fire. I am Jason McIntyre. I got some fire for you coming up. Oh, my goodness. Another blowout-filled night in the NBA. Disappointing. I've got a big NFL story that's starting to percolate. We're within three weeks to the start of the season. We'll get to that shortly. Um, I've got an unfortunate topic. I, I don't really want to do it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I have to talk about it. But first, I want to remind everybody, subscribe, rate, and review Thank you for the comments. A lot more positive comments today. And I do love, Rob G. had pointed out to me uh, before we started recording the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's why you see some comments like da 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 And, yeah, I see them, guys. I don't care. I'm undeterred, okay? I am unbothered by the negativity. In fact, I thrive on it. You have no idea how much time and effort I'm putting into this. And, and the reaction's good. Uh, we've got two awesome guests coming up. Uh, Thursday and Friday. I think the Friday guest you guys will be stunned by. The Thursday guest, uh, you probably don't know him, but he's really going to come at me hard because, uh, you know, that's what we do. But uh, So big week ahead. Let's get to the biggest story in sports, and it is the Los Angeles Clippers who they dismembered the Mavericks in Game 5. As expected, you know, it was never close. It was similar to Lakers-Blazers. In game four where the Lakers jumped out to a 15-0 lead and that was that. Clippers jump out to a first quarter lead and that was that. It was never competitive after that. So why the heck am I talking about it? Well, because the Clippers are dirty and unlikable. And if you watch that game, if you slog through the 25-30 point blowout, I certainly did because I, I could see it's percolating, folks. First of all, Carlisle got ejected. Okay, uh, He was irate at some of these non calls. Again, you see these dirty, goonish behavior tactics from the Clippers. I mean, Marcus Morris, who's gotten into it with Luka at least three times in the series, he's jawing with him at the free throw line. And you could tell, like, Luka's like, bro, what are you doing? Why do you insist on this? And I've been telling you guys, Marcus Morris is not to be trifled with. He is hes willing to, like, throw fists, it seems. This is a guy who, with his brother, tried to fight the Kansas football team when they were in Lawrence. Okay? And after a basket, ball goes through the hoop, the Mavericks go to inbound, and everyone else turns to go up court. Marcus Morris, the cameras catch him stepping on Luka's bum ankle, and his shoe pops off. You, You can't do that. It's dirty behavior. I'm telling you right now, the Los Angeles Clippers are the most unlikable team left in these NBA playoffs. This is a franchise who's never won jack squat. Okay? Paul George has never won anything. And he's out here whining and crying go go look at the tape i'm sure when you see the highlights paul george is on the bench and he's upset folks doc rivers the overrated doc rivers challenged a referee call in the third quarter when his clippers were up by 25 points what are you trying to do i'm telling you this clippers team is so unlikable they're very easy to hate and patrick beverly's not even playing okay i yes i know in my household we try to avoid the word hate because then the kids hear it and they say it. We don't want them saying it. And listen, I'm sorry. I can't hold back here. The Clippers are so easy to hate right now. Go look at Patrick Beverly's history of injuring players. Go ask Russell Westbrook about Patrick Beverly. Nobody likes that guy. And he's not even playing. He's a pest. He's a gnat. And just watching him on the bench, I, I lose it when, I, when these Clippers are out there playing. And again, we're talking about a Mavs team, folks. Luke has had five playoff games in his career, and that's how shook Marcus Morris and Montrez Harrell and, and, and Paul George are. I mean, this is stunning that the Clippers are being reduced to this in the first round. I, I'm a hoping Porzingis can go in game six and they, the Mavs don't go out like they did in game five. Okay, they're overwhelmed. The spread was massive. Listen, this is what it's going to be like for the Lakers and Blazers tonight in game five when the series ends, Okay. Damian Lillard is out, unfortunately. He has a knee issue. That series is over. The Lakers are 14-point favorites. That one's going to be over. But I hope we don't see this goonish behavior from the Blazers, who don't have a history of it. But the Clippers, man, they are so unlikable. All right, Rob G., I just four-minute rant. I saw you laughing the whole time. (laughs) I'm sorry for going over the edge. I, I just can't take these Clippers, man. I don't like them.
4: I mean, that's fine that you don't like them, but you have to admit that they did play well, at least. They dropped over 150 points. This is a
1: talented team.
4: They shot something like 62% from three. So, you know, give them credit. They played really well. Pandemic P, Paul George got off the snide. You know, he finally started making some shots. Didn't stay up late enough to see... uh, if he had any clever Instagram post about not caring what people think, <laughs> so maybe they'll come by later today.
1: This is where he'll go on on the Instagram comments and talk trash. Damian Lillard, oh, you're out for Game Five. I just dropped thirty-five, yo. You know, like that's the kind of Paul, listen, Paul George. You're gonna get you're gonna get it from the Lakers. They're gonna beat you. Lakers will defeat the Clippers. That's a, I, I feel like that's a lock, Rob G.
4: Well, it's been a lock. I've been saying that since uh, I want to say Christmas. Hashtag Lakers in six. <laughs>
1: All right, so uh, that was the blowout, the big game we were excited for. I want to gush about Jamal Murray. Um, Give me 30 seconds here. Okay, so Jamal Murray had three games this season in the regular season when he had 35 or more points. He's done that three times in this series. I'm talking Jamal Murray is entering that upper crust of point guards in the league. He's really a combo guard who could just get buckets on anyone, and he was torching repeatedly to Utah Jazz in the second half. He had one of the most gorgeous moves I've seen. I put it on my Instagram stories. He splits the double team with, you know, the deft move of, like, a jeweler. It was just incredible how he got by the two guys. Then he goes undaunted right into Rudy Gobert, the Stifle tower, greatest nickname in the NBA. And he does, like, a 360 spin move and finishes – and, and it, I think he got fouled on the play. He definitely got hit by Gobert. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. Jamal Murray. Listen, Rob G., as a Laker fan, I remember Jamal Murray and Lonzo Ball used to not like each other. I don't know if it dates back to AAU, but Jamal Murray had it out for Lonzo. And there was a game in the forum. It might have been, like, Lonzo's first or second game ever as a rookie. And Jamal Murray went at him, was talking trash, was, like, dribbling. They were, Lakers were down a lot, I think. And Jamal Murray, like, dribbled the ball around him, like, pointing and laughing almost. This guy takes no prisoners. And I'm just telling you right now, he he is a guy to watch going forward. Jamal Murray is a phenomenal talent.
4: Jamal Murray is a clown. You say that the oh, Clippers are clowns. clown. Jamal it. Murray is a clown. Stop now, his it. issue with the Lakers goes back even further than that Lonzo Ball incident. I don't know if you recall this. When D'Angelo Russell was still a Laker... He made a shot, and he did that bow and arrow three-point thing that he does. Okay. So D'Angelo Russell came right down the court, and did the right, shot right in his face, and did the bow and arrow right back to him. And the next thing you know, Jamal Murray thinks that he owns the Lakers, <laughs> and he can just go back and forth <laughs> with them. No, I mean, he had a good game. It was the first time in NBA history that someone had back-to-back 40-point games in the playoffs without a turnover and saved the, uh, the Nuggets from getting sent home. Yeah. But let's you know, pump the brakes a little bit because, you know, he did have those two big games in the last two, but the two prior to that, he uh, had a combined 26 points. He's just as likely to give you 40 as as he is to give you nine.
1: Who are you taking as your number two? Uh, Not two guard, but your number two, like, uh, hierarchy. You have a star in there, too. I think Jokic is a star. He's a perfect two. Who are you taking as your two, Trey Young or Jamal Murray? Ooh. You got to think about this? That's a tough one. Wow. Trey I mean, Young I, has now I'm never lower, played an I'm,
4: ounce of defense. I'm lower on Trey Young than most people, especially on NBA Twitter. I think that his game is perfect for social media. Oh, gosh. You see him pull up from 35 feet, and he has a behind-the-back pass for an alley-oop. And says, oh, by the way, big play by uh, Trey Young. Hawks down by 17. You know, like, he's that kind of guy. And their offense is built to kind of get his numbers up. So I'm a lot lower than him than most okay. people. But
1: Let me give you a better one, then. Okay. Zach Levine or Jamal Murray? Oh, Jamal Murray. Zach Levine's not a winning player. How about CJ McCollum or Jamal Murray? That's C.J. a tough one. Now, CJ's a shooting guard. CJ. Interesting. I got guys tweeting at me all these trade ideas for the Blazers. Some are really good, and I wanted to pop them here. But then this other story came up. And listen, I'm just going to preface it. I will get to the NFL shortly. This is one of these stories I don't really love, Rob G. And I, I, it's not that I have trouble with it. I just, from what I've heard, I don't like. And I, I, I really was unaware of this. On Tuesday afternoon, and I got a couple texts from some guys who I used to work with at the big lead, and they're like, do you guys think there's going to be a boycott tomorrow? And I was like, what? What do you boycott? Why? why? What happened? And apparently, Jalen Brown of the Celtics, uh, Norman Powell of the Raptors, and Fred Van Vliet of the Raptors, you know, they had their off-day media interview, and they were essentially saying, like, listen... Um, I don't know if I want to play in this game one on Thursday and maybe we shouldn't be out here playing because the same thing that was happening before we got to the bubble, uh police shooting unarmed black men is happening while we're in the bubble. So what good are we doing here? The story is awful. Um, and I've seen the video. it's I I don't know the backstory on him. I haven't read up on it, but it is it, it's just awful. His kids were in the back seat and the police shoot him seven times. You know, that's, I mean, that's unconscionable. Like, you can't, I mean, it's tough to even watch that video. And I understand the players being upset. I don't understand what boycotting an NBA game would do. I I, I just don't understand what purpose that's going to serve. What do you, are you boycotting the series? Are you boycotting the rest of the bubble? are you going to go back to your hometown and like work on you know some grassroots efforts to get the police to not kill black people i i just i don't know what the players talking boycott is going to accomplish i understand it is an awful story i just and i don't want to get too much into the tv ratings which we talked about last week but if the story is true that nba tv ratings are down partially because of all the social uh, issues and the social justice commentary. What do you think this is going to do boycotting the rest of the season or the series? What do you think that's going to do to the league? And, and again, I'm not saying you got to go play basketball, but the league is in a position where it can shine a light on this stuff. Is it going to stop it? No, no, I, I don't think that anybody can stop what's happening. You need to get better police officers. Um, not hire racists. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do, but I just don't understand what stopping playing in the bubble is going to do other than hurt the league. And that's kind of my takeaway. Now, Rob G., uh, I know the Odd Couple did a lot on this on their show Tuesday. I'm just curious what the reaction was among fans if you guys took
0: calls.
4: Yes, we did take calls on it, and... I'm assuming because the odd couple audience slants a certain way a lot of the callers were saying yeah they got to boycott. You know, they got to put their foot in the ground and say enough is enough and I tend to agree with you. I don't understand what them boycotting whether it's game 1 of that series or the rest of the playoffs, what is that going to do to actually affect change. I will say this though, whether or not they're serious about Going forward with the boycott, Chris Mannix came on the show last night. He was at the bubble. He was actually in the media scrum when this was being talked about. And this is a few of the quotes that he said. He said, he's been down there since the beginning, early to mid-July, but there was a change in spirit on Tuesday. The bubble environment feels broken. And then he continued on. It felt like if guys had the option to opt out right now, I'd bet 25% of the league would do it. So as much as you and I both think that maybe, you know, a boycott wouldn't really do much to help the situation, it seems like it is a much bigger possibility than I think we're giving it credit for.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, you, the players would need to get in with the uh, players union And discuss this because as you know, you know, if they didn't go through with the bubble, remember when Kyrie Irving was trying to get everybody to not play, if they didn't go through with the bubble, the owners could then rip up the collective bargaining agreement and they would have to start over. I mean, there was, uh, you know, it it would be very harmful to the league. And I think uh, several players expressed having a platform in the bubble when 3 million people watched the Lakers-Blazers game the other night and I think 3.5 million people watched Luka versus the Clippers. That's a much bigger spotlight than you know going on social media in Milwaukee and, and you know, being part of a protest. I, I, I don't see how that is going to do as much as what they can do
4: in the bubble. And, Especially considering anyone who follows these guys on social media tends to already agree with them. anyway. Oh yeah, they already agree with them. Yeah. So it's I not like know. you're it, really changing any opinions
2: with, yeah. with when you're and, tweeting about it.
1: And that's an issue with social media. Everybody's hunkered down in their little corners, following the people and agreeing with the people they want to agree with, and they don't hear the other side. All the people who don't think these that there's you know uh, a history uh, of police brutality among African Americans. All those people, they're not even listening to the players because they don't follow them. They don't want to hear what they're saying. They're in their corner with their people. And that's, you know, a, a much larger topic for another day. But it's just, it's all just disappointing. I i don't know, Rob G. It, it feels like if there if there was some movement to boycott, it, it would have some very negative long-term impacts on the NBA. I mean, I, I, I hope that they can figure this out and... Um, I mean, I can't imagine what the Milwaukee Bucks are going through right now. I know the Detroit Lions in the NFL, the players like walked out of practice on Tuesday and they just said, we can't, we can't do this. This is messed up. And and that was, that was pretty powerful. Um, America is at a crossroads. This is a big couple months ahead and hopefully in some way, shape or form sports will help us get through it. But, um, there's no guarantees right now about any of that. So, um. I don't know, Rob G. Chris Mannix said 25%?
4: Yeah, he said that if he if they were able to opt out today, he'd guess about 25% would. But he also did say, and I want to make sure this is clear, he doesn't think that realistically it's going to happen. Because, you know, it, it would take a lot of organization amongst a lot of people to get a boycott of this size to really take place.
1: Yeah, the bubble has been a success and this would be, uh, oof, this would be big so uh so those are the biggest stories of the day and um coming up next a little nfl action
0: you put it off long enough it's time to replace your tires tire rack has tires that will elevate your drive touring tires for commuter comfort performance tires for sporty handling all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure go to TireRack.com to get started not sure where to begin Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
5: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble.
2: Weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m. Wait to board plane in the centurion lounge.
0: <sighs> Much better.
2: 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll. 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way? Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at AmericanExpress.com/slash with AMX. Terms apply.
1: All right, so I quickly want to get to this NFL story. The NFL's kind of fallen to the back page, if you will, here in August. Usually, it's center stage. Everybody's watching the preseason games. Hard knocks is riveting. And now it's like, oh, there's the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, baseball's happening, and the college football mess, almost like a daily discussion about Coronavirus. That's what college football has become. It's really depressing. And this story slipped through the NFL cracks. Two coaches have now complained about a competitive imbalance in the NFL because some teams can have fans and others cannot. Mike Zimmer of the Vikings. You know Mike Zimmer, great coach uh, of the Vikings. They have a big home field advantage. And the Buffalo Bills, who also, Sean McDermott, he has complained about it. And again, the Bills, pretty good home team up there in Orchard Park. They can't have home fans to start the season. Now, as best I understand it, only five teams will be able to host games with fans to start the season. The Kansas City Chiefs, they're going to have about 22% capacity, so like 16,000 people. The Indianapolis Colts, which to me is crazy, okay? That's a dome, That's indoors for three hours, people yelling. I don't know how on earth the Indianapolis Colts are having that, but they are. The Dallas Cowboys, which we'll get to shortly. The Miami Dolphins, they will cap it at 13,000 fans. And uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they will do 25%. Now, here's the kicker. Only two of those teams host games in week one. So we're talking about 16 games in week one, and only two of them are expected to have fans. That's kind of madness. The Kansas City Chiefs will host the Houston Texans. They will have fans. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are hosting somebody, but nobody cares about the Jaguars because they stink. But the competitive imbalance is interesting because when you think about the NFL owners, okay, they're a different kind of billionaire. They're an older billionaire. And I looked at the ages. The NFL has 15 owners, 70 years or older. NBA only has 10. The NBA has more new money, more tech money, younger, smarter money, if you will. The NFL owners are rich, big, old money. And, you know, the older guys, they think, hey, hey, I'm not missing out. I got eight home games. You already canceled my preseason, so that's two home games where I don't get the gate. Eight home games, I got to get people in the stadium. I got to make my money. Now, NBA owners, remember, they're losing money hand over fist in the bubble. They're losing money. They're not getting any home gate here. The players are making money, but the owners are losing. Playoff games, of course, are huge revenue drivers. That's got to be awful for the billionaires. And again, awful in air quotes, you know, they're going to be fine. They'll just go out to their second yacht and chill, and it's all good. But the NFL billionaire owners, I can see this becoming a thing pretty quickly, that some of them are able to host limited fans, make some money, and others can't at all. Now, it, out here in Los Angeles, I mean, my kids are supposed to start start school this week, and they can't. they got to do full Zoom learning, which we are not happy about, but that's another day on the podcast. Um, but there's obviously going to be no fans in the stadium out here for the Chargers and Rams. New York got hit super hard, so it's not just the Bills in New York, but it's the Jets and Giants in Jersey. And some of these teams probably will have no fans all season. Others, you're seeing the note that for the first two weeks, we're going to go no fans. Then we'll reassess, which I think is actually pretty smart. But it's interesting that coaches are piping up about this. Hopefield advantage used to be worth about three points in the NFL. Now it's worth, by and large, two and a half to three. Um, So this is something very interesting to watch because there are certain teams, the Seattle Seahawks, when you go up there, big advantage. For the home team. You have to travel to the Pacific Northwest. Then you've got to face the 12th man, the vaunted 12th man. It's so loud there. Green Bay going to the frozen tundra. That's supposed to be a tough ordeal. Weather's brutal. Fans can get noisy. You know, certain home stadiums have big advantages. And are they going to get them? This is really something to watch, especially as we get closer to gambling on the NFL. I've been doing a lot of stuff for Fox Um, I'm sure you have saw, yes, I'm picking the Detroit Lions to win the NFC North. Bunch of fun, cool stuff. You can check those out on foxsports.com. And uh, we'll obviously get into the previews heavily. By the way, not to tease them again, we have a huge guest coming by to talk football. Uh, Later this week, expect that on Friday's podcast. Now, it's time for the best bet.
0: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
5: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years,
2: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
3: The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game
5: is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet.
1: All right, on to Wednesday's best bet. The best bet record dropped to six and three. Tough loss, having backed Utah. Listen, it was a it was a dumb chalky pick. The line went the opposite way that I I picked. I I got it at three. It went down to two. The big money was on Denver. Listen, Utah had the game. They led in the second half by double digits. It, the Jamal Murray show. They couldn't stop him. So I took it out there. Not a lot of great options on uh, Wednesday. And listen, if you are a you know an uh, Novice gambler, or you're maybe a hundred dollar better or two hundred dollar not not huge money. Um, this might be a night to sit out because if you look at the Milwaukee Bucks favored by fourteen, you look at the Lakers favored by fourteen. You're like, well, what? I'm not doing a double digit favorite. A money line parlay on those two isn't paying anything. So then you're left with OKC, Houston. Maybe you do a first half, a player prop. You know, if I'll say this, if there was a player, I was going to look at the way I hit Paul George. Uh, for a pick I do daily for Fox, Fox Sports. Um, James Harden would be the guy to look at. He struggled of late in the last two games. Can't imagine he's going to struggle again. If he does, they're probably losing. But I actually am leaning toward OKC. We've seen the same thing play out in the fourth quarter and in overtime of the last two games. OKC goes small. And they are just too quick for the small Rockets. Dennis Schroeder, in particular, has been unstoppable. They can't guard him. And I think I'm taking the points with OKC getting three. Remember, Houston was something like 18 of 32 on threes midway through the third quarter of game four. And then all of a sudden, they went ice cold. They had no other options, and they end up losing. So I will take OKC and the points. Give me the three. That's my best bet. Let's hope to push it.
5: Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler 24 7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
4: I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. Seventy five percent of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody Stanford.
2: Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person.
4: Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app.
1: Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call.